Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Believe in Duke podcast. I am Steve Wiseman, the Duke beat writer for the Raleigh News and Observer, joined as always by Sheldon Williams, Duke Hall of Famer. Sheldon, uh, the season came to an abrupt end uh, against Tennessee last Saturday night in Orlando. We thought this week we'd be talking about, you know, maybe a Sweet 16 game against possibly Purdue, right? But we saw what happened to Purdue and that's the way things go. Um, Just uh, what's your, I guess, your initial thoughts maybe on what you saw over the weekend and kind of how it all came to an end for the Blue Devils. Yeah, I mean, uh, I will say uh, I said it kind of before and I even kind of tweeted it out that I was very excited about this tournament because, you know, the didn't know what's going to happen. You know, like, we you know, if the regular season was any indicator of, you know, what the season going to be in the postseason, it's going to be kind of all over the place. But, you know, I still had that hope, um, especially with us going with eight, eight or nine in a row into the, you know, the March Madness. So I had, you know, more hope for our team. Uh, kind of getting past that, you know, maybe uh, we get upset type thing. Um, but you know, it's 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 a crazy tournament. I mean, as you saw, there's a you know a few number one teams that got knocked off and all went on the same weekend too. So it's a, as a basketball fan, you know, you kind of like seeing a lot of exciting games. But you know, when you're actually a fan of your actual team, you're like, no, it's not not that exciting, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Arizona fans and Purdue fans. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Are not not in a good stead right now. Um, uh, is uh, you know, that's that's March, baby, and and Virginia fans, right? Like I was Virginia, in the building, yeah, yeah, courtside when that play that sequence occurred with Kihei Clark throwing the pass to half court, and getting stolen, and I just looked, you know, everybody on press row. We're looking at <laughs> I was like, what like, is going on? Yeah, yeah. I I was very confused by that play too, but you know. <laughs> When you're in the moment and you don't understand a lot of stuff that's going on, you kind of just kind of quick, quick react. You know, I'm sure he wants to have that pass back, but I was like watching it, like what could he possibly be thinking? Right. And he didn't throw the ball long enough for him to even go to like maybe close to 94 feet. You know, yeah. for that fact, I was like, what is going on? But yeah, yeah. like he was trying to run the <laughs> clock out, maybe or something too. I thought, but there was 10 yeah. seconds. It's not going to be, you know, yeah. <laughs> physics ain't going to work for you there, pal. Right. But, uh, right. Anyway. My point was March. We all looked at each other and said, March, this is March. This yeah. Is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Such a great moment, but it wasn't great for Virginia fans. And that's right. our ultimate backup board. You know, right. it happened to Duke. I mean, not, not in that manner by any stretch. And they lost to a team that was seated ahead of them. They were, the, they were the underdog against Tennessee. So um, that, that was a game that was supposed to be a toss up and, uh, and it was, and, and it was, did not go Duke's way. Um, so, but as we talk about, uh, underdogs and odds and the, and the brackets and everything. I do want to remind everybody that uh, the believe in Duke podcast is sponsored by bet online, Bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchups, info, player news, game trends at bet online with live betting options, free contests and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Um, the biggest thing, I guess, 
it was as we discussed the end of the season and the Tennessee game in particular. Let's break that down and what happened. Because first of all, Duke played really well against Oral Roberts, right? That was a game they were thirty and four. They'd won seventeen in a row. Uh, Duke didn't. You know, they they had turnovers and single digits, right? Shot well from three point. Had uh, balance going up and down the roster. Uh, so it really looked like okay, this offense is together. The defense suffocated Oral Roberts. It was seventy four to fifty one. Was that final, right? So everything was clicking, and then you get into the Tennessee game and Duke. I think like nineteen thirteen lead or whatever it was. They they kind of started to separate a little bit early. Looked like they had their footing. And then the the heavy style of play of Tennessee sitting courtside, it's just amazing. I mean, and I'm sure you appreciate physical play in the post, right? So uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's part of the right. game. Right. But they were on the perimeter. They were in everybody's shirt. I mean, they played intense defense. And they really, as Coach K would say, knocked the Blue Devils back. Yeah, I mean, uh, just coming into the, the tournament, you know, we had, like you said, Oral Roberts. We got off to a good start, 15-0 run. You know, I was looking at the size between ours, our team and their team, and we just we were taller than them. And we were, you know, figuring out ways to kind of like, you know, just have that energy and, you know, just kind of go against, uh, you know, their defense. You know, they are they were one of the, you know, top um, high, higher um, scoring programs of the, you know, the whole, you know, NCAA uh, Division One. And we held them, you know, to like, you know, 26% shooting, uh, especially in the first half. I mean, it was the sixth highest uh, average scoring with 84 points. And we held them, you know, underneath that. So, you know, looking at that, you know, looking at the team and looking how uh, Whitehead, you know, came to the game, hitting back-to-back threes. I'm like, okay, you know, we have, you know, we are, you know, really hitting our stride, you know, into the tournament. And now we just kind of figure out, like, how are we going to keep this going? And then we had a little bit of a lapse where – we got a big score, you know, big lead, and then kind of, you know, went down a little bit. But uh, we got it back, you know, towards the, uh, the end of the game. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, this is the nerves. This is like, you know, the energy and excitement about being in the tournament. So going into the Tennessee game, their whole game plan was not to play basketball. The whole game plan was to make it a ugly game. They talking about like, you know, every time one of our guys coming to the paint, they're going to muck it up, you know, touch them up, touch them up a little bit where, you know, kind of give them elbows and things like that. I mean, I think one of the very first couple of plays of the game, I forgot the big guy's name, but he gets the rebound and he just chucks a, a flip. flip with yeah. the elbow, you know, who's sitting right behind him, which wasn't really a, a play that needed to be done, but that was a, the presence that they were uh, putting out there on the game where, you no, know, this is going to be a hard fight game. Y'all going to feel us every single possession. And that's what they did. And we were kind of thrown back by it because I don't remember a team doing it to us, you know, constantly throughout the whole game like they did against Tennessee. No. And people ask me, look, what, what did this remind you of? You know, I saw every Duke game this year, right? So like what opponent did that? And I, I couldn't think of one. I honestly, God couldn't. The only one I thought of was maybe Purdue because Edie was so big in the middle. But that was just in the paint. And Virginia, you know, is, is physical in the paint with their defense, but not on the perimeter like that. Not when they're they're in everybody's shirts. And we saw the one play where, um, uh, you know, Tyrese Proctor got hit in the face when the guy came across with the ball, which is kind of a classic, dirty, old school. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely. I mean, like, you could, you could tell that their whole thing was, their whole game plan was for them to go out there and from Rick Barnes was like, no, we're going to, give it to them. You know, that's what we're going to do. We're going to figure out what's going to happen. Uh, I've seen that happen in the past with him with Texas. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it didn't work because they didn't have the actual scores to actually kind of 
go back on the other end and do that. So you're kind of making it a, a nasty game like that. But like you said, it's still part of the game and it's still part of the, you know, basketball. It's just we don't see that a lot. So for me, if I'm one of the guys on the team, that's going to stick with me for a while. So I'm in the weight room and I'm over here doing this, you know, all summer long, all off season long. I mean, I may have a couple of days off, but I'm going to be in the weight room. I'm like, hey, you know, Coach Will, hey, we got to get this right because like, there's no way in the world I'm going to let this happen to me again. On a big stage like that, too, there's no way. So for me to sit here and get in a physical game like that, oh, do you think that's the way you beat me? Nah, no. Nah. So all summer long, I'm going to have that, whether the titles, uh, the articles, you know, posted in my locker. All, yeah. <laughs> I'm old school like that. So I'm Yeah, gonna, motivation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tennessee shoves past, you know, Duke can't. Right. Duke couldn't stand their ground. That's one thing I wrote. I mean, I, it was true. Yeah. That's what, so, yeah, you want to use it, put it up there, baby. I don't have a problem with that. It's true. Motivation. Look at motivation. it and motivate yourself. That's right. Yeah. Because that was really one one type of team that Duke really wasn't prepared, I mm -hmm. guess, mentally and physically to play against. And uh, normally, uh, and we talked about this at the end of the regular season, Coach Shire and the players did that, you know, the ACC prepares you to face all kinds of different teams, right? Virginia plays defense. Miami runs the ball a lot. You know, Syracuse plays the zone. That kind of stuff. Um, didn't prepare them for this kind of game. There was nobody. There were no teams in the ACC that played like that this year. And that's just the way it was. I mean, and really, there aren't a whole lot of teams in the country that play that physical and, and are that old. That's one thing you talk about the center of the middle, Plavsic, the kid from Serbia. Um, he's twenty four years old. Like you know, he's he's six years older than Flip or five years older than Flip. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's a grown man. Right, right, exactly, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, they just weren't ready for it. So uh, the ones that decide to come back uh, are going to have to work and get ready for, they need to feel that, you know, that pain. I mean, and they, they do believe me. I was in the locker room after, and I know they uh, lively who is not coming back, obviously at some point he'll be declaring for the NBA, but you know, we all came here to do more than this. And uh, uh, they weren't, you know, downplaying the ACC championship. Everybody, you know, that's something, that's a great accomplishment for Duke. The banner goes up, all that kind of stuff. No question about that. That made this first year successful. But they came to win, you know, more banners in March, which is what Duke does. And and they all were very disappointed that they they fell short. So I know that uh, uh, it's on their minds. And they uh, – uh, and like Ryan Young is coming back. Uh, he's got one more year because of the COVID. And uh, talking to him, he he's going to use his last year of eligibility at Duke, he said. It's his plan. And uh, he'll – I was sure he'll be – you know, up for team captaincy with his experience, this message will get through. He will, he will be in there doing what you're saying. I, I think I have confidence in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's great. I, I didn't know about that. Uh, you know, um, with, uh, Ryan Young, I do want to take a, a second because I tweeted this out before the game when Mark Mitchell didn't play and I didn't know the extent to his knee, um, what happened the day before in practice. Um, but the fact that his, unorthodox physical play would have helped in this game. And we missed that kind of physicality uh, from him because he's a guy that can, you know, guard, you know, one through four, you know, pretty much, you know, small five. He's a guy that can take, you know, hits and be that tough defender. And, you know, I uh, forgot the guy's name, but he had a, a game of his life against us. I uh, forgot the guy's name, but you, I can, um, he's from Uruguay and I, I can't, Pronounce. yeah spell it but i know you're saying yeah uh, yeah he had, had 27 a, points yeah yeah he had the game of his life i'm mean, like there's 
I'm looking at you know a few games uh, of him, and I'm like, there's no way he's playing like this you know, all the time. So I'll go back, and I'm like, oh, of course he's gonna have his best game against Duke. You no, know, I mean it's it's only natural, right? Um, but the fact that you know if they didn't have him, that ugly style of play, them kind of mucking it up type thing, you know, play. I don't think it would have, you know, went that way for them if he didn't have that type of game. Um, but like I said, we were kind of knocked back by that and, you know, us being younger and just not understanding the the whole physicality game of, you know, what Texas brought because we had never seen it before. And it's kind of harder to go against that for the first time and never having to really prepare for it, especially for a short, you know, time between, you know, the first game of the NCAA tournament and then the next game because you only have a day off even if you did have a time to – you know, kind of do something. And, you know, unfortunately, we didn't have that. But I think Mark Mitchell, kind of go back to my point, I think if we would have had him, I think that would have been a great game for him because he likes the physical play and he's able to kind of dish it out because um, we didn't have a lot of guys that was able to dish it out. You know, they were hitting us and we wasn't really hitting them back. And it's kind of hard to go one way. Uh, Flip, I will say, he was kind of dishing it back. Um, and being physical, it was hard for him because he was getting hit every single time. But I will say that he did not, he did not back down. I did see that. So uh, it was harder for him to score the basketball, but I will say that he did not back down from the physical play. Especially after taking that shot early and, uh, you know, opened right. up a cut and a bruise. His bleeding. Yeah. Jose had yeah. to clean it up for him. Yeah. And um, he was right back out there within a few minutes. Like, as soon as I got mean, it, it was two shots. I mean, the elbow and the, the face elbow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, two shots. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he wasn't on the bench very long. I mean, he right back in there. And, um, you know, he went through a lot this year. And, and again, those two hits, there were no fouls called, right? On, on the one face. As he said, I can't catch a break this year. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about the Virginia uh, Tech, like, hit the throat. <laughs> Right, right. I know. I know. I mean, I, I'm hoping that he comes back uh, for us because I think uh, he has a little bit more to uh, to grow uh, as well as some of the other guys, too. But I understand the whole pro- um, process of, you know, being uh, able to go to the NBA and have the opportunity and things like that. But I just wish that, you know, we had guys that at least stay at least two years, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I, like what what would have killed would have stayed last year. Um, you know, he was on our team this year. Or, you know, yeah. guys in the past like DJ Stewart or Cassius Stanley. You know, you know guys like that. I'm hoping that maybe they see guys like that that think that was going to do something else, whatever, and they kind of having a harder path right now. Uh, maybe that kind of stick in their mind too. Like, hey, maybe with this NIL deals and everything like that, maybe one more year is not that bad. It, you know, help me. You know, further my process as a growth of the player. And Flip, you know, um, has said uh, when I talked to him that how much he enjoyed being at Duke this year, like how much he knows he made the right decision by coming to Duke. And so we'll see if that factors into his decision to maybe come back another year um, you know, and uh, and play uh, next season. So, um, <clears throat> sorry, Flip, throw a little bit there. But, um, yeah, uh, we'll see if that – how much that – Excuse me. Sorry, I had a little cough. All right, no problem. No problem. Excuse me, folks. Um, had to get that clear out of my throat. Um, yeah, that, that's that's it with Flip. He's um, there are some questions about, you know, where he'll be drafted. He's not, you know, not projected to be in the top half of the first round, even though he had a great season for Duke. Uh, there's some questions about the way he'll defend on the perimeter at the next level. Um, he's got to get more physical, obviously, you know, he's, he's got to develop, which he's a young man. He's still got time to, to grow into his body a little more. So, 
Um, it's just a question if he wants to come back and spend another year in this system and improve even more, uh, uh, or um, if he wants to go ahead and do it in the NBA or at, in the whatever it may be, G League, NBA, wherever he may be. Uh, he's got he's got a decision to make, and that's that's part of what's going to go in the off season here. You know, Lively and Whitehead, you know, are are, are uh, all but gone. Uh, it's just a matter of when they make their official announcements. There's all, um, you know, they've pretty much said that's what they're going to do. Um, you know, uh, but overall, and I mentioned this earlier, I do want to get back to it. Um, assessing John Shire's first year after Coach K, um, <clears throat> you know, for the most part, going twenty-seven and nine, winning the ACC championship. Yes, there were some down points during the season, right? There were some bad losses that Duke isn't used to absorbing. Um, uh, there was, you know, three losses before January 1st. That hadn't happened for a while. But but when you, you look at the whole picture, um, John did a pretty good job. I think he did a really good job. And um, no, they didn't get past the second round, which is not Duke standards either. So that's he's not happy about that. But I think everybody can agree. I, I would I, I think can can that this program's on pretty solid, solid foundation and the major slippage that people feared would happen when coach K retired doesn't seem to be happening. I mean, I think, do, do you agree with that Sheldon? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, you totally hit, hit it on the head right there. Uh, the era of the new Duke basketball era, you know, John Shire led era. I will say that with all the, adversities that he had to overcome with the players, you know, being injured and not having his whole team healthy, you know, for more than half the year. I think that he laid the foundation of what Duke basketball is going to become for years to come. And I think he did a great job this year of, you know, kind of controlling the team and how they were being prepared through all these different adversities that they had to, you know, overcome and face. So I think, you know, with people coming in, I think they have a, one, no drop-off from Coach K, uh, which, you know, like you said, a lot of people were trying to, you know, say it might be a slippage or a drop-off, whatever. There is none. Two, uh, they are still a fun team to watch. You know, there's no there's no change with the basketball where we're slowing down the basketball or, you know, we still get out and run, still shooting a lot of shots, transition threes. You know, we're still a fun team to watch. And then uh, the third thing is, like, it's still the traditional Duke basketball. Like, you know, there is it's, it's such a thing that that you can go from the 80s to 90s to 2000s, 2010s. It's still consistent with Duke tradition. And that's something that uh, John Shire laid a foundation for and the rest of the coaching staff as well laid a foundation for. And a lot of players are seeing that. And I think it's going to be great for us to continue to get good talent come in and get over that next step um, for, you know, us getting past the second round. I'm hoping with the five, I think it's five guys coming in, I'm hoping uh, maybe we get like, somebody out in the transfer, transfer portal if a couple guys did leave, mm-hmm. maybe get a bucket getter, maybe we get a, a, a absolutely, you know, three-point shooter, you know, that, you know, Grandison was uh, supposed to, you know, have been and everything. Yeah. But uh, I'm hoping that that's the case, but there's no drop off. There's no slippage. You know, Duke basketball is still a fun team watching, fun tradition program, and it's not going anywhere. You know, one guy they talked to last offseason uh, before Grandison was uh, Baylor Shireman, who plays for Creighton, and he had a big game against NC State. He wears the he wears the headband, uh, the white headband. Okay. And uh, okay. he shoots well for the, he was, he was at South Dakota State the year before. He was like the player of the year of the summit. And uh, he was at the combine last year in May. 
And I talked to him a little bit there and he said, yeah, you know, I had some conversations with Duke and everything, but he's more of a Midwestern guy and he wanted to stay uh, in, you know, in Creighton and play for uh, in Omaha and play for Creighton. And like, that's the kind of guy Duke needed this year. Wasn't it like that kind of. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Grant as we thought was going to be it and just wasn't for whatever yeah. reason. Uh, he right. did. Now he he brought some good things. I'm not trying to totally dismiss right, right, uh, right. the leadership point of view, the experience he had. Mm-hmm. He was a great guy in that locker room. I know I talked to him a lot and I know the impact he had on guys and especially that, that pivotal meeting they had after the Miami loss. He was a big part of that. So, uh, but, the, but the fact is, you know, he didn't shoot 41% from three point like he did like previous two years at Illinois. And uh, uh, that's what they needed. So I do, I do know that Shire wants to be, a, he he's, you know, in touch with the modern game, wants to be active in the transfer portal, add add guys where he can, because he sees that, you know, when you have predominantly freshmen, when you go against a team like Tennessee, you're going to be at a disadvantage. And all the talent you have, it's it's hard to overcome that. Like he wants to have some older guys and be less reliant on just freshmen. Now, he still wants to recruit, you know, top freshmen. Uh, and so you got to try to balance it there. But uh, he does see the need. Uh, and in the transfer portal era now, which, you know, Coach K really didn't have access to that, uh, you know, because it's been only been the last couple of years since it's become a big thing. And that was at the end of his time. So um, I would like to, and I know you probably could speak to this too, um, how Coach K would have adapted if he was, let's say he's 10 years younger than he was. Let's say he's 60, 60, he's still coaching. And now the transfer portal is out there. He was always so good at adapting to things, right? Like he would have figured out a way. Yeah, I mean, um it it was for up until I think maybe Dante Dante Jones was he like the first transfer that uh, Coach K did yeah um and it, it took oh, I'm not sure how many years that was before you know he got his first transfer it's like twenty know, years uh, yeah twenty years uh, yeah you know, for for the first one he ever did and then yeah. I think after that um, it didn't come again until uh, um well Seth our, Curry um Seth, Seth Curry came from Liberty in 2010. Okay. Uh, okay. So, so it was him that came in next. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it, it, it's 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 something that you know you didn't see for a long time, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, well, if there's somebody that he likes that can fit the program, and you know he's big on uh, character as well, and it can fit with other guys and what he's trying to do, he will do that. You know, um, for a while he wasn't trying to go after the one and done players, and then I want to say a couple of years after my graduation team uh, in 2006. We had lost maybe a first round, maybe back to back years with Lehigh yeah. and um, Mercer, I think. Uh, uh, Mercer, Lehigh. So v- one of those years was VCU. That was before Lehigh and Mercer came in like 2012, 2014. Okay. You're talking about like in 2007, 2008. That was like VCU beat them one year. Okay. Uh, okay. Didn't get past the second round, that kind of thing. It was starting right. to, we were seeing slippage, right? Yeah. Right. So. We started, started seeing that. And all of a sudden, you know, um, Coach K was like, no. I got to do something different. And all of a sudden you start going out there, you know, these so-called one, one and done, you know, players. And then all of a sudden you start seeing, you know, the, the Zion's, the uh, RJ bears, the Marvin Bagley's, you know, yeah. you know, these type of things like, you know, so all of a sudden he's back into being, you know, in the, in the fold of everything, the mix of everything. Cause you know, do basketball is back with, you know, high talented star started players, even though they are freshmen. So right. I think even he was 10 years younger, he will still be able to find a way to, you know, still stay relevant in college basketball. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he's still Coach K, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Coach K calls you and all of a sudden, like, you know, 
you gonna you gonna listen? You like, hey, right. what's going on? You're like, you calling me? I'm, like, you shaking the wrong number? Like, you calling me? Like, <laughs> right, right. I might want to like Baylor Showerman. I might want to stay in the Midwest, but if Coach K's calling me, right, right, eh, you know, it's a little different. So, yeah. So, uh, it it the the game has changed again now, right? Because uh, you're right. It started with the one and done was Kyrie was the first one, and then Austin Kyrie. Rivers, yeah, and yeah. then uh, and then Jabari Parker and, and on you know yep, yep, before yep. on down all the road, guys, yep, yep, and uh, Brandon Ingram, I could name them all, Jason Tatum, the whole thing, uh, right, right. But uh, he did adapt, and now it's time for Shire, John Shire, to adapt uh, to to the, the transfer portal era where it's free agency. You can go get it's like the NBA. You can go get a guy who's eligible now. You don't have to sit out and wait a year, like like um, Seth Curry had to wait a year. Uh, Rodney Hood when he came in. Ryan Hood, another transfer. State, yep, had yep. to wait a year, and they at that time they really tried to get him eligible immediately. That's when they would give waivers. They were just starting to give waivers out for store for if you had a situation, and uh, uh, they really tried to get him uh, in that, and the NCAA didn't go for it, so they had to sit out a year. So, um, but now you don't have to worry about that. So now, you know, you can look at the off season right now. The transfer portal is already filled with thousands of guys. You know, it's only been two weeks, and uh, you know, there's a thousand guys in there at least. So. Um, it's there for the picking, and uh, uh, you know there are scholarships available. Grandison's leaving, obviously his his eligibility has been used up, so he can't come back. Uh, Ryan Young does want to come back, and so um, that'll be good. And then you know we'll see how many guys go to the NBA. Uh, but that that's stuff that we'll talk about as we go forward here on the podcast on further episodes as we get further away from the regular season and into uh, into the off season. And uh, right now things are a little bit you know the guys are uh, the coaches are all like kind of relaxing like okay it ended faster than what we thought right so we got to try to uh you know re-recruit the guys that are coming in make sure they're all caleb foster right. and jared mccain and those guys right, sean right. stewart um make sure they're all good to go when they're coming in the summer uh get they're getting ready for their mcdonald's all-american game so a lot of those guys right. are going to be in that yeah so mcdonald's all-american game then also the Allen iverson uh round ball um yeah. i think grandma classic uh but you know, like a lot of these guys coming in from there, so for them to kind of, you know, yes, it, the season ended a little bit earlier, but maybe they can, you know, kind of put some reassurance into these guys, um, you know, while they're doing these uh, McDonald's games or these All Star games that they are uh, getting ready for, and then uh, it's pretty much the waiting game, I guess, uh, you know, from at home on campus, like what these guys want to do. I mean, you can try to recruit them as well. So it's kind of like, you know, you're trying to recruit both the, the current players and then the guys coming in, trying to re- give them reassurance. Yeah. And then you get to go, like you said, with the, the, the transfer portal and try to see, uh, you know, some guys. And I'm sure that's kind of hard because you can't really go after certain guys until you know for sure about the current state of your team. And right. also, like, do you lose uh, on the possibility of having another guy or – does this uh, person get mad because they started to recruit this guy and all of a sudden, like, oh, I haven't given you my my decision yet. If I'm leave now, you're trying to recruit over me. Like, I'm sure that's kind of a confusing thing because that's uh, something that I never thought about because it wasn't in it. It wasn't in when I was in school. Right. There's a lot of politics massaging with that yeah. Yeah. situation yeah. Yeah. because just think about last year. Joey Baker, remember Joey Baker, right? Announced right. in April he was having surgery on his hip, but he's going to come back and play his last year at Duke. And then, you know, they started going after Baylor Shireman and AJ Green and Jacob Grandison. And I think Joey kind of saw, wait a minute, that's kind of my position, but they're not sure if I'm going to be, you know, good enough. So he decided to transfer to Michigan, right? So even then it changed. And I remember right, having a right. conversation with a couple of assistants and, and you know, Coach Shire and everything about, 
you really have to, you know, if you put it out there that you're going after somebody, because it's in the transfer portal era, you know, guys put their name in there and that makes them, they can contact schools and schools can talk, can contact them. That makes it open. It's, it's legal. Then uh, there's no tampering. And so then it gets out who's talking to who. And then people on your own team go, wait a minute. Oh, I thought that was my job. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll put my name in the portal and go. So then. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's a it's shifting it's, sand, right? Right. It's, it's different. It's very different. So it's like, like you say, kind of um, playing both fields and trying to make sure that everybody's happy while you're still trying to get the, you know, your agenda at the end of the day, like, you know, one of these players coming in. So it's, 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 it's different. I'm not, it's, it's a tough job for, uh, you know, John Shire and staff, but. I'm sure they're going to have a good job of, you know, dealing with that. You know, he had uh, at least one year in his belt with uh, experience with, you know, Young and uh, Grandison that came in, you know, yeah. from uh, this year's team. So, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what's happening. I know yeah. the program is in good hands, uh, but I'm, I'm be very interested to see, you know, how things kind of play out. Right. And uh, and we will uh, continue to discuss this as as uh, news warrants, I guess. We'll, we'll put put. put podcast up in the off season to keep people updated on what's happening with uh transfer portal, NBA de- declarations, recruiting. Uh, at some, some point we'll know the schedule for next year. I know Arizona is coming into Duke uh, to Cameron uh, for a non-conference game. That's the first of that home and home. That'll be cool. Uh, there's a new sec, big 10 challenge. I'm sorry. Sec, ACC challenge. It's not the ACC big 10 anymore because of the contract changes with TV network. So um, maybe it was Tennessee. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> that, they would love that. I think that'd be yeah. great. Yeah. Have them yeah. come to Cameron, right? I think yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I know Duke's hoping Tennessee. to be at home. So yeah, yeah. Give us Tennessee. That's what uh, if I'm one of the current players, I want Tennessee. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> Again, up on the in the locker right there. Like right, right. Ready to go. Ready to go. All right. Well, listen, everybody, thanks for listening to us this season on the Believe in, Believe in Duke podcast, sponsored by Bet Online. We've enjoyed bringing it to you. Uh it's, it's a fun, lively chat every week. We try to Keep you updated on the ins and outs of the uh, of the program, uh, Sheldon. We'll uh, we'll see what the off season brings, huh? We'll see if uh, Duke can build another championship cal- caliber team. I'm sure they will. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they will. We're in good hands, so uh, sit and wait. Very good. All right, everybody, uh, and we'll uh, we'll uh, let you know when another edition's coming out here in the off season. Thanks for joining us for this one. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.